Hello and welcome back to A Little More Conversation, a unique podcast created to promote honest and meaningful discussions about our mental health in the advertising industry, brought to you by Adelphoi Music. My name is Chloe Heatley. And my name is Lakin Clark. And on today's episode, we're joined by Park Village director Noz, otherwise known as Tando. He has a pretty impressive body of thought-provoking and authentic work for brands, including The Cost, Fred Perry and Reebok, as well as an enviable list of music collaborators, including Parcelou, Che Lingo and Novelist. Welcome, Tando. We are really grateful to have you on the podcast today with us. How are you? I'm good. Suddenly nervous. I don't know why, but I'm good. I'm good. It's all getting really real. Yeah, that was a great intro. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, So, as always, we like to start the session off with a little warm-up game. And this month, we have been inspired by the cinema. So... As quick as you can, which one of these classic films would you rather? The Godfather or Goodfellas? Goodfellas. Psycho or The Shining? Psycho. Toy Story or Lion King? Lion King. E.T. or Gremlins? Gremlins. (laughs) Die Hard or Pulp Fiction? Oh, oh, man. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Good choice. Forrest Gump or Home Alone? Uh, Home Alone. (laughs) The Matrix or John Wick? Matrix. No doubt. Jaws or Snakes on a Plane? (laughs) Snakes on a Plane. (laughs) 100%. 100%. Snakes on a Plane. Actually, it's hilarious. (laughs) Good choice. Yeah, because you know what? Die Hard is like, I feel like the greatest Christmas movie ever made, like ever. So it's it's, it's difficult, but but uh, Pulp Fiction generally across the year is great. Yeah, so, you so. can watch it anytime. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So it was a numbers game mostly. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So let's get cracking. How did you get into directing? Um, I don't. I don't really. I guess. I, yeah. I don't really come from a. Um, uh, um, film background or artistic background like my parents aren't really uh, from that world my mum was a social worker my dad's an uh, engineer um, and um, I actually because I, I, I really enjoyed the funny thing is I, I got I got into it through photography um, but but prior to that I was actually studying um, I, I was studying construction management uh, at Portsmouth so it was you know what it was I did it because uh I, I really, I, I really love architecture, um, but I, I wasn't, I didn't get into the, I wasn't smart enough to get into architecture course. And I loved architecture in general, and I loved design, especially design aspects. So when it came to that course, I was good at the design parts, uh, and I, re- I really enjoyed the design parts. But um, all the other stuff, I was just a bit, a bit bored. And then, um, um, and then one Easter break, my cousin from uh, Toronto was visiting. Shout out, Dwayne. And uh, he was uh, he was he was visiting from Toronto, and um, he he let me use his camera for a bit, and um, yeah, that was it. Literally, I picked it up, got a knack for it immediately, and uh, I think I I think I tried to convince him to leave it with me when he went back to Toronto. Yeah, and then I kind of went from uh, I went back to uni after after that E Star, and I um, I was in a course called. Um, soils and materials 
and uh, it was like about different types of sand and gravel and how they're load bearing and all of this stuff, <laughs> all of this stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. And uh, my my mates were next to me, and they were all like writing, writing. And I had this like crystallizing moment where I was like, and I, I was like, what am I doing here? So um, I I literally walked downstairs, walked out the classroom, walked downstairs, and took myself off the course. Um, didn't tell my parents. Um, but I took myself off that and put myself onto entertainment technology. I ended up getting into like loads of photography and trying to take pictures of everyone and doing all this stuff. Then um, uh, in the summer break, um, I actually got, um, I got called into a casting. Uh, I was like taking pictures on Brick Lane somewhere and this woman came up to me and I got, called, I got uh, asked to do a casting and the show didn't end up going ahead, but I kept the contact of that production company that was handling it. Um, so when I went back to when I went back to uni, I was doing all these photos. I did like a I did Nike events. So I was taking like uh, a, 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 you know event photography at like Nike events and loads of street style photography, which was really massive back then in um, across Brick Lane and East London in general. So when I went back to uni, I I kind of already knew quite a lot um, about photography and about how to market yourself and all of that stuff. And then. In your third year, you do a sandwich course, so you're supposed to go into industry. Um, and so I called up that company that tried to cast me, and um, they, I was like, I'm looking for internships. I'm, I'm, I need a year in industry, and they were like, sick. Um, and um, yeah, they were like, we'd love to have you. I was like, sick, sweet, okay, cool. So, uh, and they they were uh, MTV production company, and um, well, they came came from MTV, like a stack stemmed from it, and. Um, um, yeah, I worked there for about two months, three months. And then, um, then I heard about, uh, uh, like when everyone went to the pub after, after, after work one night, it was on a Friday and, uh, they, I heard them mention, or they mentioned Lemonade Money, um, which was a, a production company in Shoreditch at the time. Um, and, um, I saw their stuff and they'd done stuff with people I even knew, like Etta Bond. Like she was she's like a friend of mine, like from back then as well. And like they've done all this really cool work. They're working with like Koji Radical at a bond. They were working with like tons of really cool artists. Lil Sims before she went before she went massive and blew up. Um, and I was like, this is amazing. Like this is these are my my people. Like this is my you know. And um, so I I hit them up on my lunch break, and um, and uh, they were like, oh yeah, come in and have a chat. So I went in there. And uh, and uh, it was it was uh, James Payne that I was uh, uh, James Payne and Phil Wilson at the time were the big boss guys over there, and um, yeah, they they took me on, and uh, I was interning for like three months, and then they took me on um, full time. They said, "Would you like, want to come on full time?" And I did, and then um, yeah, and then kind of I worked, and then I I went uh, full time there, dropped out of uni, and then uh, I worked there for like two years, two two or two or so years, and. Uh, then I, I left there um, and lived in uh, New York and Toronto for a little while. Um, and just like, I just, I wanted to get to know creatives from around the world. And I wanted to also shoot people from everywhere. I loved travel photography at the time as well. And uh, our first, my first campaign was actually with Prada uh, in, in New York. Gee, that's a first good client. It was, it was great. It was great. It was, it was with um, Le, uh, Le Fistiel magazine. And um, uh, it was lucky. It wasn't like because it wasn't because we were incredibly amazing. It was because we got lucky. It was a, a 
my old my old boss Phil Wilson, um, he said, "Oh, there's something going on in New York, and they need some shooters." And I know you you lived there for a while. Uh, have you got a team? And I was like, "Yeah." And uh, and so we went we went out there and um, we did we did our thing, and it was it was dope. It worked. It really worked. Lemonade money were the thing. The thing that they really taught me was how to make something look great even if you don't have crazy budget um it was like a it was important right so we you know it was and it was especially especially from a from a from an amateur um uh filmmaker's perspective it's like how do you make this look great um and when you don't have all the kit in the world or all the crew in the world and all of this stuff and um and uh yeah it was cool we, it, it worked so um yeah and then from from there i just kind of floated i did a load of work in different places different countries and then um and then uh and then out since tuesday popped out uh my company but um but yeah just kept on directing from there and uh worked with uh, uh sbtv for a time um channel four obviously the documentary sky atlantic um and it just kept snowballing and vivo and all this stuff and then um yeah and then I, I met park village last last year yeah beginning of last year signed to park village wow it's a really interesting journey and it's great to hear how you've really earned your way through loads of hard work and networking and just like really loving what you do yeah i mean um i think i don't I, personally i don't think i'm the i'm the best director out there by, by any by any means um but I, i'm good with people i like people um and that's i think that's important especially when you're directing right because you're essentially your captain and um and so like if you're if you're if you're, if you're able to communicate with people and you're able to galvanize people and um and work towards the same because there's one thing it's, it's like it's, it's interesting because i feel like a lot of a lot of directors they have this this is my vision sort of thing and i've never seen it that way ever like not once and um it's a shared it's a shared vision right it's a shared dream and it's like you don't do anything on your own so it was like uh it was really important that when i was as uh, working as a director it's like you use everyone to their fullest capacity if you if you kind of like in, in involve them incorporate them and and uh and they're, they're not just tools you know and um it was um and that's that's kind of how i've, I've been able to work and i think that's the only reason i've kind of come where come to where I am at the moment because um, I, I I love working with people yeah I, I think that's that's a great quality to have as a director and uh, it, yeah it really shows it in your work uh, so coming from a pretty independent background um, what are your observations of the advertising industry um, and the effect that they've had on you as a director? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, I guess, I guess it, it, it's interesting, right? Because I, I'm from the YouTube generation, right? Where it's like, I learned most, uh, not most, just a lot of, uh, of things. Um, cause most of the things, the best things I learned were on set or in the job or whatever, but, but I learned a lot from, um, YouTube tut- tutorials and I come from that generation, right? Um, and I feel like as, as an industry, it's quite, it's a it's very cloak and dagger. It's like, it's very like, 
uh, there's a lot of red tape and there's a, there's a lot of stigma that that kind of says well I, I guess there used to be more than there is now anyway because everyone everyone and their uncle is a filmmaker now but it's like i feel like it's 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 one of those it's one of those things where you you kind of have to from the outside it's like um coming from that generation it, it feels like you kind of a lot of people say you have to go film school for example um and in all honesty i am anti film school like through and through like because and it's also because like i i don't come from a like a rich background nothing like that i don't really come from money nothing like that so it's like i couldn't afford those things and i think i've and, and my family couldn't afford those things and so it's like i feel like there's this gateway to be like well if you don't do this then you can't get this far um and i've always hated that premise to like the nth degree i've hated it and it's um and i guess there's i can see i've been on the panel with people that have been to film school and they're waxy lyrical about how film schools are be all and end all and like oh i got this from film school i got that like oh like it was so good it was oh my god like i'll never have that experience again and i'm like ah stop selling the dream man it's like it doesn't make it's annoying to me to be honest because for the majority of people that is not it's not a thing it's not a factor and there are other ways to get in there and probably better ways in fact because you get a lot more life experience and um uh, and i feel like um people that put up that barrier are kind kind of trying to put themselves in this elitist group of oh we went to film school um and I, i'm just not i'm just not with it at all um and when when i have these talks it shows right because after the talk i'm t- i talk very candidly right and i swear a lot and all this stuff i'm i'm trying to hold it down at the moment i speak very candidly about uh the industry and stuff like that i I'm, it's i just do and um it it shows that at the end a lot of people most people can't afford those things and most people uh, like you know will come up to me and be like so how did you do this how did you do that how did you do it without film school and whatever whatever and i'm more than happy to just be like yo like try this try this that like, i don't know the blueprint i don't know i don't know shit really but it's like you know i'll give you as much information as i can um cuz it's not it's it's not crazy it's it's a it's not it's not that deep it's not like you haven't got to spend all your money to 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 kind of do what you want to do um and so yeah i'm i'm a uh, i'm i'm very on that side of the fence when it comes to when it comes to film school like you know don't get me wrong you know like it's if if i had the opportunity to go film school yeah i would have gone no doubt like no doubt i'm not saying don't go if you can go like for sure but it's just that i feel like it's uh it, it just pushes anyone else that that can't afford it or unable to to the side kind of thing you know yeah i totally agree um so look i wanted to move on to the topic of mental health um because this is something that plays a, a big part in some of your work um most notably in your film for fred perry which i really love um can you tell us a bit about how that project came about and um why you chose to tackle this subject yeah 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 the fred the fred perry film um so basically i i re- i follow these guys right uh called art comes first they're like an art syndicate um and uh it's it's run by sam and shaka i'm sure a lot of people uh, have heard of them and they are like just 
the epitome of art and collaboration and all of these things, right? And I've been following them since I was like 17. In fact, the first day I picked up a camera when my cousin was here, um, I took a street style photo of them. They don't remember. They don't actually remember, but I remember. And I remember Sam had a, a tattoo of, um, of scissors on the palm of his hand that went up his two first fingers. It was sick. And I took a I took a, a picture of that, and they were they were riding these choppers on the street. It was dope. And then um and then over the years, I kept on seeing them, and I'd say hi and whatever, whatever. Then um I was I was uh um like fast forward like nearly ten years. Um I was working on uh, I was producing directing um uh, Yo MTV Raps, um the UK one, and I I, I produced, produced and directed series one and two. And um, they, there's a segment in there called Lifestyle. And it's about people that aren't necessarily musicians but have a big, um, ha- have a big influence on the, on the music scene. Uh, and these guys are like, you know, if you want to speak about influence, it's global, right? Um, massive in Africa, massive in America, massive here, massive in France, like everywhere. And for the segment, I put their names forward. I was like, they work with musicians, right? And um, uh, like, and so I put their names forward, and MTV were like, well, yeah, they they seem dope, and um, and so I, I got them on the show, and they had their own little segment, and it was dope. And then from that, this Fred Perry came because obviously they they did this big line with with Fred Perry, um, and um, they they wanted me to produce a portion of that campaign, um, and it came about that way, and they told me it was about mental health and. Uh, there was this amazing photographer called Benji Reed, um, who has an incredible story, and uh, it kind of, it kind of just came to fruition quite quickly. Um, and the the project was really about being an introverted artist, uh, introverted black artist, right, especially. And um, it was basically, you know, it delved into um the men uh the mental health of uh, a black creative and the ideas around freedom and what is artistic freedom um but we u- using benji as uh as our conduit to speak about it um he's got such an insane story and uh such a beautiful story and um and so like we used him to to to, to help tell that tell that story basically yeah it was good yeah it's a really beautiful film and and so would you say the theme of mental health is uh, an important topic to you and in your work? Yeah, um, it is, especially in the black community. It's like, um, uh, and especially amongst men um, as, as well. I, f- I feel like, um, uh, I feel like women naturally are a lot more mindful of their energy, space, menta- menta- men- mentality and all this stuff. Obviously, you know, Everyone has their issues, but they're just more conscious of it. Uh, and men are just oblivious. Um, and uh, I feel like, so th- with this piece especially, I was like, this could be something really, really dope. Um, and so I involved my friends. Uh, uh, they all came down as models and all of this stuff. And it was it was really, really fun to do. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's Im- important um, to... To the degree that, like, let me think. I guess it's difficult to it's difficult to to maneuver 
this industry without without having some kind of trip up with your mind or having some kind of trip up with your mentality or whatever because it's such a jaded industry as it is right um the me media industry as a whole and uh i guess it's it's very difficult to get into the certain circles or it's very it's very easy sorry to get into certain circles and get into a bad mindset or be overly self-critical um and all of these things and uh, overly self-doubtful like it just comes with the territory um and um i think it's important to keep remind like like i like i was saying before it's like we're really lucky to be able to work in a field that we really enjoy right um and so if there is a way to do something special with it or do something important or to speak on something that is um that is honest um speak on something that is helpful then we kind of need to do that i mean strictly speaking on mental health in the in the in the black community because that's what that was really really about for me personally it's like the i guess my experience of it is that we don't really take care of it well enough especially especially as men um and it's it's something that i've noticed um which which does also incubate and create like difficult situations for ourselves it, it, it incubates kind of toxicity it incubates kind of um violence and all of these things and that's amongst men not just not just black men amongst men in general um and i feel like i feel like if we're able to intrinsically think a bit more about what we say what we do and what energy we put out there what energy we put in all of that stuff i feel like it will be i feel like it'll be a lot of a lot of really techie situations that could that could happen are a lot easier to diffuse you know um like for so I, I i have a therapist right and um i only just started seeing my therapist about a year ago and it's it's, it's done a, it's made a big difference in how i maneuver situations and how i if some if a problem occurs i can think about it in a completely different way completely different way and um and I'm, I'm able to take myself out of it before I just react. I was a very reactionary kid, very, very reactionary kid. And now I'm, I'm a lot more uh, understanding of, of situations and I, I can kind of um, break them down a bit more. And, you know, I can understand more that I am, I, I am not my emotions. You know, they're separate. I'm separate from my emotions. Um, and I, I think it's um, when you embody your emotions, that's when bad stuff happens. Yeah, and and the better you understand yourself, the the more empathy you have for for other people. You know, talking about your feelings with someone or, or looking for help shouldn't be seen as a as a sign of weakness, especially amongst men who we know proportionately struggle the most with their mental health. It's interesting, right? Because I think I always find it interesting that people talk about therapy as if it's weakness. But the thing is, I think what I think the problem really is, is like the scary thing is to actually face yourself in a mirror. The scary, the, 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 it's like, it's like the, it's funny that, do you know how like difficult it is to really take on your own issues, not other people? Do you know how easy it is to get into a fight? Do you know how easy it is to really be violent or to be super reactionary to something? And do you know how hard it is to actually, no. Uh, to actually com com yeah to not to not do that exactly and to like com confront your own fears confront your own anger confront your all of the yeah man it's like it's not easy 
And it's like, again, I think it's because I think it's like, it's like when it's like you, you, you get, it's like perspective, right? Okay. So my two things, two things that I'm super, super, super like, um, that really important to me in life and two, probably one of the two most important things is, uh, perspective and empathy. Those are the two things I feel like can lead us in a good direction as human beings. Right. And I feel like without intrinsically looking into yourself or without intrinsically questioning yourself and, and all of this stuff, it's like, it's impossible to, to actually gain empathy. It's, it's difficult because you can't, if you can't see it from your perspective, you're definitely not going to see it from someone else's. Right. And it's like, I, I feel like when you're able to, when you're able to be somewhat empathetic, and understand someone else's point of view you'll see how quickly things get diffused it's like when two people are having an argument and they don't actually know what they're shouting at they don't they're just shouting they don't know what they're shouting at as soon as you understand the backstory of the person you're arguing with the whole mood of the room changes everything changes it's just because you've gained perspective and empathy that's all it is and so it's like it, i always i always find it uh, i i think it's easier to like lose your rag it's easier to just be like fuck it i'm just gonna whatever do you know what i mean and it whereas when you're when you have to look when you have to really question yourself question your beliefs question this gain some perspective i feel like you know you reach a different level of like of being a human i guess it sounds like you've been on a proper journey of getting to know more about yourself and other people and about like how this whole world spins around yeah. <laughs> and um <laughs> Obviously, being a director is quite hard. You've got loads of competition. You're constantly pitching. You might win, you might not. It's not exactly yeah. a secure uh, nine-to-five environment. What are some of the hardest lessons you've learned growing up and coming through the ranks? Um, don't take it personally is the key for me. It's like, you, the funny thing is, yeah, <laughs> it's mad because you're coming to the industry and everyone is so nice to you especially if you're like if you're a director or if you're someone that they feel like they can gain something from right specifically monetary and i feel like people people are so nice to you and they're so cool they're like oh yeah they're like, maybe we've got this maybe we've got that and don't get me wrong they've got good intentions and i'm sure they would love to do that show with you but it's people will have you dangling for months and you've got kids to feed you've got you need bread you need you've got better like rent to pay kids to feed like all of this stuff and and they will dangle you for months um hoping this thing gets greenlit and it and like you know 70 70 percent of the time it doesn't you know and it's and it, i feel like the key one of the things is it, 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 it's very easy to become jaded because of that it's very easy to then really dislike what you're doing dislike fucking hate this industry or even think you're your shit at what you do um which is even more difficult to deal with um and i i i i guess you can't take it personally because this is this is their job right and they they it's like they want these things to go off everyone's just trying to get these shows to go off and make their piece of content as big as possible and as great as possible and all of this stuff right and um i think it's just important to not attach yourself too much to one idea um uh bank it like once, if a job doesn't go off, it's okay. Just bank it for another day. Um, and just don't take it too personally that it's, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's, uh, that, that was something I, I learned very quickly. Um, 
that a lot of people were they got hella lip service, man. They're just chatting, just they'll they'll take you to meetings, coffees, dinners, <laughs> and then it doesn't happen, and you're like, what the fuck have I been doing all this for? Do you know what I mean? So so it's that. So it, it, I would just say try not to take it personally. Um, that that was a that was a, a key for me. Otherwise, I would I would have a I would I would definitely be a very jaded jaded person in this industry. Definitely, I think it would be easy to become that yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what's come most naturally to you then as a director, and what have you found maybe more challenging? Um, I would say you know what's, you know what's interesting is growing up, I was like, uh, I was more of like a jack of all trades, master of fuck all, right? And but what I was good at was I guess understanding people and empathizing with others and all of this stuff. And so, as a director, I feel like that's important. So I feel like people uh, is a I'm, I'm good at pe- I'm good with people because um, I, I I'm very I, I'm very good at distancing myself from uh, from the bullshit in terms of like no one's gonna die today. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not that deep. It's like, it's that chill. It, it, it's cool, you know? And everyone needs to eat. Like, that's very important. It's like, you're taking someone's time. That's the most valuable thing they have. Like, literally, nothing else is more valuable than that. So it's like, um, I think, for me, it was it was understanding those things and being able to coordinate people in a way that they don't feel like their time's been wasted, um, that they're enjoying themselves when they're doing this job that's the most important thing for me as well and what types of challenges do you think young directors maybe in particular young black directors are facing as they try and get into the industry that is a big question that's the yeah that's the that's the question uh, <laughs> um okay uh I guess, all right, I, I've spoken about, I've spoken about this before. Um, and the way I see it is, it's kind of like this, right? If you are, if you are Jake from Slough, right? And you walk into Panalux, Panavision, wherever the fuck, and they're just doing like all these amazing work with DOPs and growing them and taking all this stuff. If you go into those places and say, I want to be a DOP, yeah, let's say, let's say, let's call it nepot- nepotism, right? And you walk into most most of these places and or your cousin is the whatever, this person's this person, whatever. Chances are, in the space of five years, they'll make you a top DOP uh, in the city, right? They'll make you, they'll make you a dope, you know, they'll, they'll get you up there, right? And, uh, and uh, at least enough to pay your bills and all this stuff and, and, uh, and have a career. I feel like black people in the industry do not have that. We don't have anyone that we can turn to. We don't have anyone that we can be like, can you give me a leg up? It's all, it's all like starting from, from zero. It's all starting from zero. If it's, if it's like a hundred meter race, we're starting from the beginning. Everyone else is starting at 50 meters. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like, I feel like that's one of the most difficult things uh, about being in the industry. It's like, I could speak all day about, about how, about YouTube generations and, all of this stuff and it's it's like that's what it is it's like essentially i've never had a mentor ever i've never had a uh a, a, a consistently had someone that i can you know link up with every whatever and 
have dinner with and they help me navigate the industry and navigate this and oh i know this person it's always been through relationships that i've created on my own and um and it's like and it's not always easy because i don't like i said i don't come from an artistic background i don't have parents that can even point me in the right direction they're just like they, 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 their, their way of checking up on me is like you good? I'm like, yep, I'm good. That's it. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, what, else, what else is there, really? They could just take. They have to just take my word for it, you know. Um, so I think it's. Um, I think that's a that's a big thing, and it's it's telling as well sometimes because I feel like the standard of content that that the black that us as black creatives uh, should be putting out there and can be putting out there across the board and a wide and a wider spectrum should be higher and can be higher it's just that we're always starting from zero and so it's always more difficult it's always an uphill battle and um uh and and so yeah that's why for me personally and like that's why often it's mad right because our content was always rich it's always authentic it's always like it always feels like it comes from an honest place it's always no matter no matter what the sentiment is no matter what you're trying to say doesn't matter if it's like gangster rap or like some video about about i don't know about like mental health it doesn't really matter what it is it's like it always come comes from a raw place right and i guess it's like it's why it's been so important for me to be able to understand the technical aspects of filmmaking because it's like the other stuff is already there the authenticity like the the creativity all of these things is already there and I, we don't have to try for that but it's the it's, the, it's learning the practices of how to actually make a good film fundamentally that, is, that, 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 that I needed help with, you know, that I needed to learn. And like I said, I didn't have anyone to lean on. Yeah, and have you noticed any changes? Like, you know, in the last year we've had the Black Lives Matter movement and it's been quite a focalised topic. We've definitely noticed a lot of talk across the industry and changes being made, but do you think that's going to help or...? So, so yeah. To, to to an extent, yeah, I do. I, I I do. I do think it will help. Um, I think that overall, it. I okay. Honestly, I I don't think it will help directly. I think it will help people just listen more, and that's what we need. Is like I don't think it. I don't think there is any any like you know Windex to fix everything. I don't think there is any any to just just spray on it and it's done. I think it's like there is a, a there's a process to this, right? Because it's before before any opportunities are given, before any any opportunities are, are even able to arise, before that even happens, like the black community wasn't even being listened to before anything else. It wasn't was even being listened to, right? And uh, and the, and it's like the the point that we're starting at, the point that we start we're starting at is is that black lives matter, right? That's what people are saying. So it's, it's starting at a really low point. It's like that's a, yeah. a really low ask. <laughs> like, that's a, that's a, a really basic human need is, is to just say, oh, I, I matter. Do you know what I mean? Literally, like, black lives exist. Like, ex- do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's one of those, it's one of those things it's, uh, that I, I feel like um, uh, at this point, again, it's just a little step up is just people just listening. Um, and um cool like obviously we want more opportunities and all this stuff and yeah yeah yeah, cool but it's it's realistically it's like even if even if we got those the opportunities that we wanted um that quickly 
uh, I don't think it would convert in the best way because it would it wouldn't mean anyone's learning anything. I feel like I feel like you need to actually listen to the process. You need to listen first. Yeah, it needs and to listen time. to what people actually actually say. Hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's so wonderful listening to you today and getting your perspective on everything. So, one last question before you go: What advice do you have for a young person looking to get into the industry as a director? What What do you do? Okay, okay. So, generally speaking, like putting aside the fact that I'm a black director, right? It it generally speaking i feel like a lot of people say oh you got to have you got to have the the stomach for this industry and whatever and i when they when when I, when i heard that before i never really paid attention to it but now i think i understand what it means and it's less about the fact that people are horrible or people are mean and this and that cuz people being mean is is nothing right that's that's whatever people are going to be mean everywhere in whatever job you go to people are going to be misogynistic racist this that whatever in any job you go to it's more the fact that it can be quite uh demoralizing when you're trying so hard to do something and it's just not working or it's like it's taking time to happen like even me now i still struggle with that i still struggle with my trajectory and um and i'm not quite, i'm not actually happy this is going to sound crazy but i'm not actually happy with most if not any of the work that i've done in in all honesty i'm not like i'm i am not uh i can't look at a piece of work that i've done and be satisfied and be like yeah that's great and i think it's um i think if you i guess i i don't i don't want to be condescending cuz i'm sure if you want it that badly then all of that stuff doesn't really matter anyway so i'm not trying to be condescending to anyone that wants to that really wants to do it but um i would i would say just be anyone that's coming in just be prepared for a lot of failures um but the but the successes really do um they do they do mean a lot when they do come about um and um and yeah and as a as a, as a black director um i would i would honestly just say that to use your perspective to your strength man like you're you we you have a unique perspective that literally no one else in the world has um and um use that to your benefit uh, as much as you can because there's an audience for it a big one um and um it's mad because the it's like it, i mean it it shows it's like i'm not i'm not making this up it shows and stuff like black panther comes out you know the highest grossing film one of the highest grossing films of all time it's like Come on man it's like a no brainer really and truly it's like if you cater to the masses you know it it works out you know so it's it's a, it's really a no brainer i don't know why there's so much red tape but um but yeah i i i would say just use your 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 perspective and uh to your to your as your biggest strength really and um and don't and don't get lost in the source really don't get lost in the source of when you start to um I don't know when you start to do good and all this stuff all of a sudden you think that's a reason to start treating people badly <laughs> like I've never understood that I've never understood that I've never like that that whole like um oh yeah I'm I'm big now so I've got a I got act big what the fuck does that mean like I don't get it I don't I don't I don't understand uh, how your attitude the, your position or your success changes your attitude and how you treat people those two are not those two are uh uh I I definitely mutually exclusive so um 
I, I don't I don't get it. But uh, so I'd say yeah, just just uh, keep your head on. The industry's mad, and it will make you mad, and it will uh, it will definitely just try not to get jaded, man. And just remember the remember that you enjoy it. That's the key for me. I love what I do. That's that's what it always boils down to. All the other shit is whatever, but I really, really, really enjoy what I do. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Tando. I know um, I know we both love speaking with you today. Uh, a big thank you to Park Village for connecting us together. I, I really can't wait to see what you guys get up to this year. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll get to see you very soon. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. It was a pleasure. Pleasure to be here. So that's it. Thank you again, Tandle, for coming on to the podcast and talking with us today. We've had some really interesting conversations, so thanks again. Also, big thanks to Andy for making us sound brilliant and for Jamie for giving us the music for the podcast. Until next time, 